Good evening, brethren, and welcome to the night to be much observed. We're gathered here this evening to remember an event that occurred 3,400 years ago, or about 1440 B.C. It was the night that God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. After 430 years of persecution and slavery in a foreign land, we read about this in Exodus chapter 12, verses 41 and 42, where it's called a night to be much observed, or a night to be much remembered, or a night of solemn observance, and it is to be kept forever. In other words, throughout all the generations of the Israelites. And I'd like to encourage you to read again the first 12 chapters of the book of Exodus. It'll give you a background of what we're talking about this evening. Tonight, I want to focus on why we are commanded to observe this night forever. And I want to ask the question, why is this night relevant for us today? We will also ask the question, how the meaning of this night relates to us and to our future. As we gather to share a meal tonight, we need to remember the context of this first night to be much observed. Israel had been enslaved in Egypt and treated harshly because they were foreigners in Egypt, and they also worshipped a different god. This persecution was especially severe during the 40 years that Moses was away in the land of Midian. Yet God heard their cries and he sent Moses to deliver the Israelites from bondage. However, things got worse when Moses delivered his message to the Pharaoh of Egypt. What Moses and the Israelites did not realize was that God was preparing to show the Egyptians and the Israelites that he alone rules supreme and that the real God is much more powerful than all the gods in Egypt. The Egyptians and the Israelites would have no excuse for not knowing the true God. On this first night to be much observed, the Israelites had just witnessed the incredible power of God in the miracles and the ten plagues that rocked the land of Egypt and resulted in their freedom. However, the Israelites had to endure the first three plagues. That's all whenever all the water in Egypt turned to blood and all the fish died and everything stank for about three days. Then came the frogs that were everywhere, and then they died too, and everything stank again. It was a real mess for probably several days or more. And then came the lice climbing over everything. However, the Israelites were spared from the last seven plagues. The flies, the death of the animals, the sores, the hail, the locust, and then three days of darkness, and then finally, the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. Because God was making a visible distinction between the Israelites and the Egyptians. And everyone in Egypt saw this happening, which probably made both the Israelites and the Egyptians ask, what's going on? As a result of being spared from the last seven plagues, the Israelites were finally and quite suddenly thrust out of Egypt. And the Pharaoh actually said, get out, get out now, or we're all going to be dead. But he also said, uh, kind of an add-on, but bless me. He was beginning to realize he was dealing with a power that was much more powerful than he could ever imagine. The spoils that the Israelites were given by their neighbors 
were probably offered in an effort to gain some favor with the God of the Israelites. On this first night to be much observed, the Israelites had time to reflect that in the last month or so, they had witnessed incredible miracles and lived through some really awesome events. In about a month's time, their lives had turned upside down and their world had totally changed overnight. God had supernaturally delivered them from persecution and slavery and brought them out of Egypt, and now they were finally free. But you know, it probably didn't seem real at first. But how did they feel on this first night to be much observed? You might want to think about that. Was there a lot of high fives? Was there a lot of celebration? Or were they exhausted, sobered, and still trying to grasp what had happened to them as a result of these incredible and unexpected events? You know, we'll find out someday. We'll be able to ask them. However, as the reality of freedom began to set in, they were probably thankful for their deliverance, or at least they, they should have been. In the preceding days, the Israelites and the Egyptians had seen that God delivered his people just as he had promised. The supernatural deliverance of God's people by his awesome power is what we really need to think about and remember on this night to be much observed. And we need to remember this forever. That was why the instruction was there. And this is why we are observing the night to be much observed this evening, to think about these things and reflect on these things. But what do the events of the night to be much observed mean for us today and for our future? Now, 1 Corinthians 10:11 mentions that all these events were recorded as admonitions for those of us living at the end of the ages to provide us with lessons and instructions. In Matthew 24, verse 14, it states that our mission as a church at the end of the age is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the world. And we're also to deliver a warning message to the Israelite nations and the nations of the world that God is going to punish the Israelites and the world for turning away from God's way of life. Our message is also that Jesus Christ is going to return and set up a government that's going to save us from ourselves. Now, the Bible states very plainly that this will not be a popular message, especially at the end of the age, and it's going to bring persecution. Jesus said in John 15, verse 20, If they persecuted me, they're also going to persecute you. And that's the message for us today. This persecution happened to the early church, and it's going to happen again as we approach the end of the age. Now, I'd like to notice several scriptures in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 12, verse 6, we read that the woman, talking about the church, will flee into the wilderness from Satan's persecution to a place, to a place prepared by God, where she's fed for 1260 days. The early church did flee into the desolate places on the fringes of the Roman Empire during the Middle Ages for about 1260 years, from the 300s till about the mid-1500s. In Revelation 12, verses 14 to 16, it states there that as we approach the end of the age, the church will again flee into the wilderness on the wings of a great angle to her place 
again to her place where she's nourished for three and a half years or 1260 days during the tribulation. We're also told in Revelation 3 verse 10 that because the Philadelphian era of the church persevered in carrying out its mission to preach the gospel and warn the world, the church will also be protected from the tribulation, which will last 1260 days or three and a half years. We also find an interesting scripture in Isaiah 16 verses 1 through 5 that has implications for the end time. It states, Go to Sela, or Petra, the rock, which is in Jordan. And it says, Hide my outcasts. Let my outcasts dwell with you, Moab, which is modern Jordan today. Be a shelter to them, that is to the outcast, from the face of the spoiler. Brethren, these scriptures clearly indicate that God will provide a place of safety or final training for his people that he is going to use to set up the kingdom of God on this earth after the tribulation. However, there's more to the story. In Daniel 12, verses 11 and 12, we're told that 1290 days before Jesus Christ returns, the daily sacrifices that are to be reinstituted in Jerusalem will be stopped before the tribulation starts and lasts for 1260 days. But we also read that those alive at 1335 days before Jesus Christ returns will be blessed. That's 45 days before the daily sacrifices are stopped. This could be the time the church will actually flee to its place of safety where it's nourished during the tribulation. We will have to watch and see how this all works out. Brethren, it certainly appears from the scriptures that we will have our own night to be much observed when we are delivered from the persecution that will arise at the end of the age against the church for carrying out its God-given mission. How will we feel on that night to be much observed? Will there be will we be giving high fives and breaking out the champagne? Or will we be shocked and sobered and relieved after being thrust out of our nations for delivering our message and then being delivered from the persecution on the wings of a great eagle? These are some things to think about on this night to be much observed. Brethren, as we keep the night to be much observed, we need to keep our minds on the big picture, remembering what God has done in the past to protect his people and what he's going to do in the future. We need to remember that God has a plan, that he's calling and preparing a people to reign with Jesus Christ in the coming kingdom of God. We need to remember that God promises to protect and preserve his people at the end of the age. Let's think about these things as we keep this night to be much observed, so we can be ready for what lies ahead. Brethren, have a wonderful and meaningful night to be much observed.